right. Sorry, folks. Sorry for the interruption there. We're going. We're 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 going through the games here. We only have a few. We only have a couple left here. We're going back to the. Let's go back to the Cowboys and Patriots. Like I said, big matchup. We have to start all over against. We didn't get the full thing there. So go ahead with this matchup again. Okay. So yeah. Um. Um. Going back to this, the, the 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 big sort of matchup here is the Cowboys' offense versus the Patriots' defense. Cowboys have the number one ranked offense in the NFL. Um, Dak Prescott, he's leading the NFL in passing yards per game. He's averaging 322 per game. So he's playing. He's definitely uh, doing every everything he can to get that big contract. Um, on the other side, the Patriots have a dominant defense. They've allowed just nine total touchdowns all year, four of which came in the, that Baltimore game that they got blown out. So you take that game out of the equation, they've only allowed five touchdowns all year. Um, if New England can pull off the win today, they would mark, it would make 17 straight seasons where they've won at least 10 games, which would be which is an NFL record. So, you know, this is a team that's been absolutely dominant for close to 20 years now. Um, and another little somewhat interesting uh, thing here is that Michael Bennett is going back to New England. Um, the Patriots traded him before the trade deadline, and he, he pretty much wasn't – he was barely playing at all for New England. But since he got traded to the Cowboys, he's played three games – and he has three and a half sacks in those three games, so he's actually he's playing really well for them. Um, but yeah, this game, like we said, Brady is four and zero against the Cowboys. I think he's going to have a good game. Last week he got shut down by the Eagles, but I think he, he bounces back this week. I think he's going to have a good performance. I think the, the Dallas offense will move the ball. They'll put up some points, but. I think that the New England defense is going to tighten up when it starts when the Cowboys get into the red zone, force them to kick some field goals instead of touchdowns. And um, and in the end, I think New England comes away with the victory here. So, yeah, I got the Patriots winning this with a final score of 30-27. to 27. Well, this is going to be a tough, a tough deal. I mean... Like I said, these are two teams that are well-known across the country. In fact, in, in Forbes, if you ever read that, they're the two, one of the top ten most expensive sporting teams in the world. Obviously, in the league, nobody makes more money than these two teams. And one one is America's team, and one thinks they're America's team because they think that because they're always in the mix. So they think they're always in the mix, but they're really not anymore so this should be an interesting deal obviously Brady's coming off a tough uh, off a tough performance last week against the Eagles he didn't throw a touchdown that's the think the I think that's the third time this year he's done that this year obviously he's also struggling with an elbow injury from what I've been told this offense is very banged up Mohamed Sunu is not in the lineup today from what I've been told Julian Elman is also questionable but should play and, you know, like I said, it's going to be tough. Plus, the weather's going to be a factor. It's going to be a big factor. Rain and potential wind. So, 
a lot to to, to to think about when when you're going through this matchup. But I do think that at the end, like I said, Dallas has struggled against teams with winning records. They have struggled on the road this year. They have not played very well away from Jerry World. I think they only got what two victories on the road this year. I'm, I'm not. I have to think. You know. Yeah, they have two wins on the road. So, like I said, this is a tough matchup. I think coaching it may it may matter. You're going to get you got one of the greatest coaches ever, maybe the greatest coach ever versus the most underachieving coach of this decade in in Jason Garrett. And obviously, if if it's not easy, it should be that easy if you're a great coach like Belichick to out coach Jason Garrett for God's sakes. So, like I said, Brady has never lost to Dallas in his career, 4-0. So, like I said, they don't lose at home. They don't lose to Dallas. They don't lose to, to, to lesser teams. So, I have New England winning as well. As much as I'm a little worried about this game, especially after what happens with, with our next game coming up, we're going to do, I do think that, Brady and Belichick will rise to the occasion, and they will beat them. So the final score, twenty to seventeen, Patriots. All right, our big matchup coming up here in about fifteen minutes. They will kick off. Obviously, two teams. Like I said, Seattle knows if they win today. And, and the 49ers lose. They'll be in the NFC West lead for the first time this year. Russell Wilson has had a lot of success against the Eagles in his career. He's 3-0. and And the Eagles have not had a lot of success against the Seahawks, especially at home. How about this? Before you get to this matchup, the last time the Eagles beat Seattle in at, at home, you have to go back uh, a conference uh, – 30 years ago, where they were playing at the vet, and Seahawks were a AFC team. So think about that going into this matchup. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. This is a, a team that the Eagles always struggle with. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries on the Eagles' offense this week. Um, Alshon is out. Howard, Jordan Howard is out. Nelson Aguilar, for what he's worth, he's out. Lane Johnson is out, and obviously Deshaun is out. Um, so lots of injuries to a lot of key players. Now, Andre Dillard is going to be starting right at right tackle in place of Lane Johnson. Um, Dillard has never played right tackle before, so that's going to be key if he can adjust. I think at first he's going to he's going to struggle a little bit early on, but as the game goes on, I think he's going to adjust and he'll be fine. But, yeah, like we were saying before we started the, the, the whole thing um, earlier is I was kind of saying how I think that with Alshon and Aguilar both out, it might actually in a way be a good thing for the Eagles because um, um, our Seagull Whiteside is a guy who he, he showed some potential in the preseason. He, he was he – was, Heidi talked about in mini camps and training camp, and for some reason, Peterson refuses to play him 
Um, they were play, they've been, they were playing Mac Hollins for how long? Um, instead of Whiteside, and Hollins has shown that he's absolute garbage as a receiver. And for some reason, they just don't put um, Whiteside on the field. Last week, he played 16 snaps. He got he caught one reception for 29 yards, but he, barely, he again he barely played. He also had another reception that got called back for due to a penalty. So you know he at least did something. He showed a little bit something that we haven't seen out of um, Mac Hollins and something that we didn't see last week out of Jordan Matthews, who was, who, who shows showed he's garbage as well at this point in his career. So in reality, the Eagles don't have much at receiver this week. But hopefully Whiteside comes out and has a big game and sort of forces Peterson to get him in the, in the, in the game more often. Um, on the other end, Seattle has a rookie receiver in D.K. Metcalf who was picked a few spots after Whiteside, and he's looked a lot better. So well, we'll see how the two rookies do, but Tyler Lockett is back for Seattle this week. He's a... Uh, he suffered in their last game. He suffered a, a contusion that actually sent him to the hospital. He had to stay overnight at the hospital. So, um, yeah, he'll be playing. Um, and so will Nigel, Nigel Bradham is back, which will help the Eagles defense. Um, and the defense that and the Eagles defense has been playing a lot better as of late. They obviously had a lot of injuries earlier in the year, and they were bad, but. Over the last three games, in each game they've allowed under 300 total yards and under and 17 points or less in each game. So that defense has been playing a lot better. One of the one of the guys that has returned and actually helped has helped his defense a lot is Jalen Mills. He's in, he's he's been he's played five games now, and in those five games. He, he ranks as the third best cornerback in uh, in completion percentage allowed to the, the man he's covering, and he's uh, he, he ranks fifth in quarterback rating when when targeted. So he's actually been playing at a very high level. Um, also, Zach Ertz he's, he's eight eight receptions shy of 500 for his career. Kellen Winslow is the only other, or Kellen Winslow is the fastest tight end to reach 500, but if Hurts can get eight receptions over the next couple games, he would become the second fastest tight end in NFL history to reach 500 receptions. Um, so there's that. And just uh, one other little stat here for you, just to show you how bad Nelson Aguilar is. You know, he had that one good year in 2017, but He's been absolute uh, absolute garbage the rest of his career. Um, over over his whole career, he he averages thirty five point three yards receiving per game, which is the second lowest in NFL history for a first round wide receiver that has sixty starts. Um, the, the the worst the lowest is actually your boy Darius Hayward Bay. But uh, yeah, so Aguilar has been. Aside from that one outlier year that he's had, he's been garbage. So him being out, that's not going to hurt. But, uh, yeah, I think in this game, the, the weather is not nice there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess around with the pass, the pass game for both teams a little bit. But that's actually a good thing for the Eagles because 
Eagles have no receivers to throw to. So their passing game probably isn't going to be that great to begin with. But I don't know. I'm, I, I look at this game. This is a game the Eagles should lose. Everything points to them losing. But, you know, I picked the, I, I picked the Patriots to win last week, just like a lot of people. But this week, I think I, I think for some reason, it's gonna, this is going to be sort of like that Packers game earlier in the year that we all thought they that the Eagles were going to lose and get get destroyed, but they came out and played really good and won. I think it's going to be similar. I think the Eagles are going to somehow rise to the occasion today, and they're going to they're, they're going to pull off that victory. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the Eagles here, and I'm going to make the final score. Um, I'm going to say the final score is going to be 24-23. Now, before I start, which Kellen Winslow are you talking about? The father or the son? That Zach Ertz uh, the, the, the one that was actually good, the father. Yeah, the one, the one actually had a Hall of Fame career and stayed out of trouble. Yeah. Because the son, the son was overrated and obviously he's going to be in jail for most likely the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like I said... Going into this, you know, last week I I felt a, even though I was at the game, I felt a little I felt confident that they could beat New England because they were one sided offensively. They relied on Julian Edelman, and even though he didn't play a great game, they did enough to win the game just barely. But this is a whole different dynamic today. Obviously, Russell Wilson is a is a future Hall of Famer. He's on a Hall of Fame pace. He's an MVP contender looking for his first award of that accolade. Obviously, they run the ball. Chris Carson is one is a is an underrated runner in this league. Against a run against a defense that's been playing a lot better over the last month. I mean, obviously, since Jalen Mills came back and came back into the lineup, their secondary is very much improved. Their front seven is getting healthier, and it's getting and getting back. Nigel Brown is a big, big help. So this defense is as healthy. This defense is as healthy as it's been all year, maybe all year. I don't even think they were this healthy at the start of the year, but unfortunately, offensively, we're not. We're not healthy by any means. We're losing a lot of bodies. We're losing two wide. We have we we have three wide receivers out, one running back. You know, right tackle Lane Johnson with the concussion. So it, it's going to be tough. A lot of people are going to have to step up. And like I said, Arcega Whiteside should get a lot of reps today. He should be in the lineup. Obviously, they have no choice, you know, because Jordan Matthews didn't do very much anything last week. And, you know, like I said, you know, Miles Sanders, he's going to have to have a game of his life if they're going to win this game to me. But I, I, but I, I'm not like you. I'm not very, I'm not very confident in this, in this, in this Eagles team right now. They just don't. They're not showing me much. Carson Wentz has struggled. He has struggled a lot in, uh, in, in fourth quarter. You talk about Josh Allen being one of the best. Carson Wentz is sadly one of the worst in the fourth quarter. In passer rating, in QBR, you know, and a lot, in a lot of stats. So. To me, this is this is this is a game where the only way I think the Eagles can win is the defense makes some plays. They're healthy. They're not giving up as many points and as yards as they've been 
earlier in the season, but they have to make plays. They have to make Russell Wilson turn the football over, which has been second to none a struggle for, for a lot of teams this year. He only has two interceptions and one other lost fumble. So it's going to be very, very tough for the Eagles' defense to make you know, Russell Wilson turn the ball over. And like I said, the Eagles have struggled against Seattle here at home. They have not beaten them in the Russell Wilson era. They have not beaten Seattle in the Link era, in the Lincoln Financial Field era. They have to go back to 1989 at Veterans Stadium. And against Russell Wilson, they're 0-3 and all three losses by double digits. So this is not going to be an easy matchup for the Eagles. I don't like it at all. I think that Seattle could get on them early and often. If they build a big enough lead, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to come back. I mean, Seattle's defense is pretty tough, too. Even though there's no Davian Clowney today, still have Bobby Wagner, still got some other guys on this defense that can make plays. You know, even though their secondary is not what it used to be, the Eagles, you know, they barely throw the deep ball anymore. And with Sean Jackson not in there, there's nobody that's going to get deep out there. So I just, I just think that Seattle has the advantage. I really do. Seattle should win, and they will win. And the final score, 27-16. to 16. Yeah, I hate, hate to do this, man. hate to do it. Just, we'll see. All right, here we go. Another Sunday, week week 12, looking at these games. A lot of big games, a lot of battles. Obviously could be a shift in, in, in some division races when we're, done, when we're done with today, potentially. You know, a couple of games could determine a lot of things and where teams will be at when we get down the stretch, you know. We're approaching Thanksgiving. This is the last. This is the last week before Thanksgiving, and obviously the the stretch run begins for a potential for for several teams who still have aspirations of January and maybe Miami in February. So we'll start with our unanimous situation. Just looking around, I mean, we have a few. Okay, Detroit obviously has. You know, with Jeff Driscoll has not played as up to their up to their situation, but they did play very well against Dallas last week, better than we all expected. Even though they it still ended up on the losing end, but still they gave an effort. They're playing in Washington today. I shouldn't think that they should lose that game, but I believe that that's the game we both believe that they can easily beat because Washington basically has. You know, has basically shoved it in. They're not. They're not competing for anything anymore, but more than just a potential first overall pick. Yeah. Also, Pittsburgh. Well, this is easy. Pittsburgh going to Cincinnati today. Of course, it's the Bengals. They suck. They stink. Pittsburgh should be them at least by twenty today. Yeah, yeah, that should be an easy one. And then we had a debate over the last one. Like I said, we, we looked and we looked and we looked. And at the end of the day, we're going to go. Drum roll. Raiders over the Jets. Yeah, that should be. The Raiders should win that game. 
what even though they're coming from the West Coast, there's a couple of them coming over here today. We, we know the other, so. But like I said, that should that should easily, well, not easily, but that should be a win when it's all said and done. The Jets do not have a win against an AFC opponent at all this year. All their wins have been against the NFC East. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start with a uh, uh, an interesting matchup. You know, obviously they've been in the news lately. Unfortunately, not for the right reasons. The Browns, shockingly, they're looking for their third straight victory. No more Miles Garrett because of an incident a couple a couple of weeks ago. But Baker Mayfield has been playing decent lately when you think about his numbers here in the last couple of weeks. So, even though it's Miami, you know, we know that they're not great, they're not good, or they're not even good, but they they can play tough. They can play teams tough, and Fitzpatrick is a gamer. So, go ahead with this potential matchup. Uh, yeah, this is um, two teams that are out of the playoff race at this point, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go quick here. Um, Obviously, the Browns are missing um, Miles Garrett for the rest of the year, and who knows how long after that. Um, but they they, don't, they won't need him this week. Miami sucks. Um, they played better with Fitzpatrick under center, but they, they're still awful. So I Baker has a big game, and the Browns lose or Browns win. I mean, um, I'm going to say final score of 31-16. Well, Miami has played well over the last couple of weeks. They didn't play well last week against the Buffalo Bills. The Browns, obviously, you know, they're starting to turn this around a little bit because their schedule's getting a lot easier. But still, they're, they're way out of the mix. They're not going to win their division. And a wild card chance is very much a long shot at this point, even if they win today. Even though Baker Mayfield's playing a little better and Landry and OBJ are starting to get you know, starting to get what they were supposed to be to get, you know, together. They do run the ball very well with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But obviously, like I said, even though they'll win, it's still not going to be a, an impressive victory. So I do have the Browns winning in the final score, 3-20. to 20. All right, we're going to go to a, an NFC battle. Not really a, a sexy battle at all. These are two teams that are pretty much going to be on the outside looking in. We know one of them definitely, the Giants, coming off of a bye. And obviously Daniel Jones has had a decent has had decent numbers this year for a rookie, but his team is very, very poor. They have not played well at all this year. And like I said, they're going against a Bears defense that's going to be tough. And Mitch Trubisky, who left late, Against the Rams on Sunday night with a hip pointer is active for this game. He will play today. We don't know how effective, if he is effective at all, so go ahead. Yeah, there's another one. Two teams that are out of it, so we'll go We'll go through this one real quick, too. Um, the Bears have that tough defense, but Mitch Trubisky sucks. The Giants, um, I mean, they got Saquon Barkley. Their defense is awful. Um but yeah, I think uh, I think that the Bears aren't going to need Trubisky this week to do much. The defense is going to dominate. Um, I'm looking for a big game out of uh, Montgomery, and 
really the defense is going to focus on Saquon and and, and they're going to try to force Daniel Jones to beat him, which he's not going to be able to do. So, yeah, I got the Bears winning this one with a final score of 26-17. to 17. Yeah, this is not a sexy matchup. One of the few games where weather's not going to be a factor. It's actually nice out there in Chicago, but it's cold. Barely going to be about 40 degrees today. It'll be in the upper 30s, I think. And obviously, that shouldn't be a factor. It, it works out, you know, for the Bears because they do like the cold. They're more of a cold-weather team anyway. But like I said, the Giants are coming off of a bye, and really, the byes are overrated this year because nobody has any momentum following it. And the Giants definitely will not today. Even though I think Daniel Jones could play decent, this is a tough defense. The Bears' defense is still a tough defense to deal with, even if Trubisky's playing bad on the other side of the ball. I think the Bears will have a decent game. It will be a tighter game than what you're predicting, but I still think the Bears hang on and the final score, 22-16. to 16. All right, we're going to go to... Uh, into a matchup that could be interesting. The Denver Broncos, even though their record is not very good, they are playing tough. They do they do play tough here recently. They played the the Vikings really, really good last week. Should have won that game easily, but then they realized what their record was. The Bill Parcells term, you play what your record is. Obviously, Minnesota had a monster comeback, and they were able to pull that off at the end. The Bills are playing very well defensively, obviously. They're still one of the top five defense in this league. Obviously, they're not they're not trying to look ahead to their Thanksgiving matchup with Dallas, but obviously a big matchup here, even though it's not a sexy matchup, it's still an important matchup for Buffalo, so go ahead. Yeah, so this is a game up with two good defenses. Um, Denver is ranked fourth in yards allowed and seventh in points allowed. We all know the Bills have a top five defense as well, like you just said. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the 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 Broncos came out last week and they came out on fire, had a big lead on Minnesota and then blew it. Um, they've actually blown four fourth quarter leads this year, so they haven't been able to finish teams off. Um, on the other side, the Bills, they're having their best year in, since the not early 90s. Um, they've, but, the, the, you know, record-wise, they're, they're looking really good. Their big, the big knock on them right now is that they haven't beaten any good teams. Um, with their seven wins, the combined record of all the teams that they've beaten is 15 and 55. So, you know, they've beaten some bad teams. Denver is, is another bad team. Um, so, you know, Buffalo, I, I see their defense, their defense is going to shut down Brandon Allen and that, and that um, Broncos offense. And while the Broncos have a, a good D, I think they'll be able to keep, I think the Broncos will be able to keep the Bills offense in check. But um, Josh Allen, he does come up big in the fourth quarter. And even though it's going to be a tight game going into the fourth quarter again, but I think Josh Allen is going to come up with another key late late game drive, and it's going to be enough for the Bills to get the victory here. So I got Buffalo winning this one with a final score of uh, I'm going to say 
Well, last week when we did our prediction with the Bill, with the Buffalo, well, not the Buffalo, the Denver Broncos, I thought that was going to be uh, Drew Locke getting the start. It was wrong. They're happy with what Brandon Allen has done since he took over for Joe Flacco, so they're going to stay with him and stick with him until until you know he reaches his limit. So he will get the start for the third. I think this is the third game he's playing. But obviously, to this matchup, obviously these are two tough defenses. Vic Fangio has done a good job with them lately, but like I said, Denver's still a year or two away from being a contender under him if that ha- if it does come to, to tuition. Obviously, the quarterback position is something they have to get right for the future if they're going to make a run in the future. For Buffalo, they have had a very respectable season. They've been very quiet compared to most experts. They've, nobody really talks about this team, and they're 7-3, and three, and they damn sure could could make noise in the postseason if they get there with their defense. And Josh Allen has played well at times this year. He is a great he has one he has the best fourth quarter uh QBR according to ESPN and a good passer rate and all that stuff. So if this game does come down to the fourth quarter, which I think it will, I have to go with with Josh Allen in that running game. And I think, you know, John Brown could have a big game today. He's you know, he's been playing well this year. Nobody really talks about him besides me. So, yeah, I have Buffalo winning. They should win. Eas- not easily, but they should win. And the final score, 27-17. to 17. All right, we're going to go to the NFC South. For the second straight week, both teams, all the four teams are playing each other. So we'll start off first with... Maybe the highest team after the bye. Why most teams have struggled since the bye. Coming off of a bye, this team has not. Atlanta, they have blown out. They're uh, they've blown out Carolina and New Orleans in their houses in their on the road by a score of fifty-five to twelve over the last two weeks. And now the Tampa Bay with with Jameis Winston, who's basically walking a thin line, and. I'm even though I don't I've heard nothing really on TV, but I'm thinking I'm hearing rumors that Bruce Arias is getting sick and tired of Winston's inconsistency and benching him may be a possibility down the road. But but obviously he's going to start today because he he still gives them the best chance to win. But tough matchup for for Tampa Bay on the road. Go ahead. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Like you said, Atlanta. They've come out these last two weeks. They've blown out both New Orleans and Carolina. Now they're trying to make it three in a row against another NFC South team. Um, meanwhile, the Bucks they've lost five of their last six, so their season is um, is falling apart for them. Both teams are out of it. But, um, yeah, Winston, he's a guy that, that puts up a lot of yards. He's thrown for 300 yards in five straight games, but he turns the ball over like crazy. He leads the NFL with 22 turnovers. I don't think, um, at this point, I don't think Arians is going to bench him because they're out of it. They don't have any backup quarterback worthwhile. So, you know, he may as well let him play out the year and see what he's got. And if you don't like it, move on from him in the offseason. But, uh, but yeah, um, Mike Evans, he's got 993 yards this season. Um, so he needs seven more yards to get to hit a thousand. When he gets that, 
he'll join Randy Moss as the only player in NFL history to start their career with six straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons. So he's quietly one of the best receivers in the NFL. He just doesn't get credit for it like some of the other guys. Um, but, yeah, anyway, real quick with this one, um, you know, Atlanta has, has won two in a row. They're playing really good. But I don't know. For some reason, I think Winston's going to step up today. I think he's going to actually have a big game and maybe turn the ball over one time, but I don't think he's going to have multiple turnovers. And if he does that, I think Tampa Bay's going to be able to win this game. Um, so yeah, But, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be able to do it. I think uh, Atlanta's going to score points, too, because that Bucks defense is awful. But... I got. I think Tampa's going to pull it out in a in a shootout. So, yeah, I got Tampa winning this one with a final score of thirty six thirty three. Who you got to win? Tampa. Hmm. Well, like I said, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Falcons over the last two weeks, but they become a, they're a much different team defensively from where they were the first eight games of the season before their bye. Obviously. This is going to be a high-scoring matchup, I believe, and I agree with you. Jameis Winston does throw the ball very well, even though he he is the sec he has the second most turnovers of any quarterback in the league this year, a kind for I think eighteen turnovers. You have to believe that you know this is going to be a battle today. But like I said, Atlanta, I don't know what's happened over the last couple of weeks, but obviously Matt Ryan is in the in the lineup. He's healthy again, and you know, Julio Jones can have a big game today. I think he's going to have a monster game. I think he's going to have over 150 yards receiving. And, you know, obviously, you know, everything's just looking right for them, you know. Even though it may be too little too late for a playoff chance, I do think that Atlanta's going to win again today. You know, it may not be as big a blowout as the last two weeks. They're at home today. They only have one home win this year. You know who that was against. So I have the Falcons winning. And the final score, 32-24. All right, we're going to go to the other NFC South matchup. You know, two teams here. You know, New Orleans bounced back. Had a big win in Tampa Bay last week. And now hosting Carolina, who's starting to fade in the playoff chances. You know, they did not play well last week. They they got blown out at home to Atlanta. And Kyle Allen has start has started to slip. He was he played well earlier in the season, but he is starting to starting to falter here down the here as we get towards the to to the to the tough part of the season here. So go ahead with this matchup. Yeah, so um yeah, Kyle Allen, he hasn't been very good the last few weeks. Um, but, you know, going back, his, his very first career NFL start was last year, week 17, at the Saints. They won that game. So he's hoping to turn turn the season around with another good performance in New Orleans. Um, the key matchup I have here is going to not really match up, but the key key uh, thing here is how Alvin Kamara does compared to Christian McCaffrey. Um, obviously, McCaffrey is is on a record pace right now. 
he's been dominant all year. Um, Alvin Kamara, he's one of the best backs in the NFL as well. So, you know, you're, you're going to be looking for him to have a big game. He's getting, and they're going to need him to have a big game because I think McCaffrey is, is once again, going to get a hunch over, get 100 yards rushing. He'll get his receptions, probably score once or twice. So, yeah, the Saints are going to need that their own running game to come up big. Um, and I think they, I think it will. I think Kamara is going to have a good game. Breeze and uh, and Michael Thomas are going to pick up the rest. And even though Carolina keeps it tight and Kyle Allen plays de- decently, I, I just don't think that. Uh, I just don't think that Carolina is going to beat New Orleans today. So, yeah, I got the Saints winning this one. Final score of, I'm going to say, 34-27. Well, like I said, these are two teams going in, a, in different directions at the moment. You know, the Saints, like I said, they bounced back last week. They had a big game. And... Obviously, you know, Michael Thomas fighting for a Pro Bowl spot right now in the Pro Bowl discussion like he should be. And Christian McCaffrey, like I said, I've been telling you and I'll keep telling you this, needs to, if the Carolina's going to make the playoffs, he's going to have to rush, run his ass off. And he struggled last week, struggled badly. And, you know, I don't know what Atlanta did defensively. They shut the run game down and they did a lot of things and, you know, now you're playing a Saints defense is pretty decent themselves. And, you know, being on the road, you know, it's not going to be easy for uh, for Carolina. Obviously, Kyle Allen, you know, he's been, you know, it's going to be tough for him today. You know, he didn't play well last week by far through, I think, four interceptions. He's going to have another two picks today, I think. I mean, I think McCaffrey will run better today than he did last week, obviously. But the Saints are going to be too much. I think, you know, I think the Saints are too much right now. I think the Saints are going to roll here. And the final score, 34-20. to 20. All right. We're going to go to the AFC South, to an AFC South matchup. Like I said, with... With uh, Houston winning, obviously they take back over the division lead on Thursday. So this is a very critical matchup for both teams. Tennessee coming off of a bye, pull off an upset last, uh, last time against Kansas City. They're home again today. They got Jacksonville coming on coming in. Nick Foles is back in the lineup after you know after missing most of this season with a shoulder injury. Played decent last week, but. Jacksonville was kind of no match. They were mismatched and lost to Indianapolis. So, like I said, a critical matchup here in the in the AFC South. So go ahead. Yeah. So um, um, these two teams met back in Week Three. Jacksonville won, um, and if they can win again today, it would be the first time that they swept Tennessee since two thousand five. So. You know, they're trying to do something they haven't done in a while. Um, at the same time, Jacksonville has lost their last two games, four of their last six. Last week they allowed 264 rushing yards, so look for the Tennessee to try to get Derrick Henry involved. Um, now, Henry, last time 
Um, last time they, these two teams met in Tennessee was last year. Derrick Henry ran for 238 yards in that game. So, again, look for Derrick Henry to be involved heavily. Also, the last time these two teams met, Jacksonville got nine sacks on Marcus Mariota. This time, Mariota's not going to be in there, obviously. It's Ryan Tannehill. He's been playing a lot better than Mariota did and has Tennessee at least in the wild card race. And um, in this game, I just think that uh, I think that Jacksonville, you know, they're just not they're just not that good. Their season's starting to fall apart. And Tennessee has, actually has something to play for here. I think Tennessee is going to get revenge from their from the from the week three matchup. And I think uh, I think they stay in the wild card race with a win. So yeah, I got Tennessee winning this one. Final score of 24-20. Damn, it's been that long since Jacksonville swept Tennessee. Yeah. Good Jesus Christ. 2005. Byron Leftwich was the quarterback then. Whew. Damn. Steve McNair, that was his last season, and he was basically damaged goods by that point in 2005. Damn, we're going yeah. way back in the day. Mayor's one of my five favorite quarterbacks of all time. But anyway, let's get to this matchup. Obviously, this this, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Obviously, both teams, as I've informed, Houston won last on Thursday, so this is a, a must-win for both teams, especially for Tennessee, coming off of a bye. Like I said, a lot of teams have struggled off of the bye this year, and they don't want to come out flat today. But I don't think they will. I think Jerry Henry's going to run the ball very, very well. He's run the ball very well here recently. He's fourth in the league in rushing, so I know that he can get. He can get. He'll get a lot of carries. I think he'll get at least 20, 20 something carries. And you know Jacksonville, like I said, they need they need to do something. They didn't last week. You know, we'll see if Nick Foles can do much. We'll see what he can come up, what he can come up with. But I, but I'm not so sure that that he has enough around him to make a run. You know, and I just think that you know Tannehill has played much better than Mariota over the you know since he took over. They're three and one since he took over. So Tennessee is better off anyway with 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 uh, Tannehill starting. And I think that that trend will continue. I think Tennessee will will beat Jacksonville pretty decently. The final score, thirty one to twenty two. All right, we're gonna to go to the Monday night game, and I mean this should be a unanimous pick, but unfortunately since it's a Monday night game, we have to pick it, whether it's a blowout or not. The highest team in football. My second favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, who are just going crazy, absolutely offensively going nuts. They have the best, you know, rushing ability in the league in since 1979. They're doing things offensively that hasn't been done since the days of Air Coriel. And the Rams' offense has been the complete opposite. They have not played well the last couple of weeks. And like I said, this is not a very good matchup for for uh, Sean McVay and company who are trying to stay in the NFC playoff race. So go ahead. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't put it quite as a, um, as unanimous because the Rams are a talented team, even though some, every, sometimes that offense really goes downhill. Um, but they're getting Brandon Cooks back today, which should help that passing game. It should help uh, help free up Cooper Cup, who has been pretty much shut down the last couple of weeks. Teams have been double-teaming him and just taking him out of the game. So, But with Brandon Cooks back, um, the Ravens are going to have another player to worry about. So look for Cooper Cup to get back into his uh, back in on the stat sheet with a, a, a good game. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Baltimore is on fire. They're on a six-game winning streak. Their offense has been unstoppable lately. They're, they're averaging 34 points per game on the year. Um, so, yeah, against that, um, against that Rams defense, which is okay but not great, I think that Baltimore should put up a lot of points. And Baltimore's defense is tough. Marcus Peters, the former Ram who got traded this year, earlier this year, he's, he's, going, he's coming back to L.A. trying to get some revenge on his former team. And um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Baltimore is going to win it, but it, it is going to be it is going to be a pretty close game for the first three quarters. But Baltimore's offense is too good compared to the Rams, and yeah, they're good. The Baltimore is going to pull away in the fourth. So Baltimore wins. Final score: thirty-six thirty, or no, what was it? thirty-six to twenty-six? I meant. Well, like I said, it is a Monday night game, so we can't, we can never do, you know, primetime games as unanimous picks, even if the matchups aren't sexy. But obviously, you know, these are two teams that obviously are reaching a situation. Baltimore's offense is unbelievable over the last couple of weeks. They have averaged over nearly 40 points a game over the last, over the last four games. Their rushing is absolutely unbelievable. They have their highest rushing attempts in offensive efficiency in almost since 1979. And like I said, Lamar Jackson by far is, I'm not saying, like I said, MVP is tight between him and Russell Wilson, but I think right now we give him the nod just because the Ravens are really, they're really rolling right now. They're just steamrolling teams no matter if they're good or not. No matter who the opponent, they're they're steamrolling. Destroyed Houston last week. The Rams, like I said, this is this is a very critical game because they could be saying goodbye to their playoff chances very soon if they don't get if they don't get things going here soon. And this is not an easy matchup. Jared Goff has to show up. I'm afraid he may not. Ty Gurley has been in, has, is in and out of the lineup, obviously. I think he'll have a decent enough game, but like I said, it's going to be tough. And like you said, Marcus Peters, they gave him up for basically nothing. When On the same day they, tra- they traded for Ramsey. And Marcus Peters has been, been, he's a Pro Bowl contender. You know, he might actually make the Pro Bowl with what he's done with the Ravens. He has two pick sixes since he joined Baltimore out of nowhere. So this is this this may be personal for him. For Peters, this may be personal for him. He he might pick off a couple he may pick off one or two passes of, of golf. I, say, I can't say that this is a mismatch, but I think the Rams has to show up. But Baltimore is so aggressive. They're so aggressive that they can score in bunches, and I think that's what's gonna happen in this game. 
It may be tough. It may be tight early, but it won't be tight late. I got the Ravens winning. I got them winning pretty decently too. And the final score, 38 to 24. All right, we're going to go to the Sunday night matchup tonight, which has big implications. Big implications. Potential NFC championship, potentially, or divisional round. These two teams could meet again. But for San Francisco, this is a very critical game because if they don't, if they don't win this game and Seattle wins to, against the Eagles later today, they will not be in first place no more. So, like I said, Aaron Rodgers has been very good on the road this year. And, you know, this is, you know, even though historically San Francisco has not been one of his better teams, I think he has a losing record. I think this is one of the few teams in the league he has a losing record historically against. But this is an interesting matchup. First time San Francisco played on a even though Monday night's a big stage and Thursday night too, Sunday night's the biggest stage in prime time with Al Michaels calling the game. So big matchup for, for Jimmy Garoppolo and the, and the 49ers. So go ahead. Yeah, so um, the, the Niners, they, they started off their year with a dominant running game that was, uh, that was carrying the offense. Um, they were averaging 181 yards per game over the first seven games of the year. The last three, they've just been average. They've only been averaging 74 yards per game, but Jimmy G has taken over and um, kind of is uh, taken over that offense and carrying them. Last week it was against Arizona, but Garoppolo threw for 424 yards, which is a career high. Four touchdowns. Um, the only other Niners quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in a game were obviously Joe Montana and Steve Young, so he joined some elite company there. The one downside to, to Garoppolo this year is he does turn the ball over. He has, he's thrown 10 interceptions, which is tied for fourth most in the league. But even when he, but when he does throw an interception, he always comes back the following drive and, and, uh, and does something. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't let it get him down. Um, in the in the all in the drives following an interception, he, he's, um, he's he's completed 32 or 35 passes for 378 yards, two touchdowns, zero ints. So in those drives, he's he, he does come back. Um, this game, they're going to need him to have a, a good, another good game because Green Bay has a really good pass defense, and even more so, the, the Niners are going to need that running game to get going again. Because Green Bay does have a weak rush defense, um, and one thing, one other thing for the Niners that's going to help them today is that they are getting back George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders, who were both out last week. So that should help the passing game as well. But in the end, I look at this. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game, not a great game, a good game. And I think Garoppolo, again, he's going to have a good game, but not great either. I do think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. But in the end, i gotta, I got to go with the better quarterback. And in this case, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm picking, the, I'm picking the Packers to win on the road here with a final score of 23-20. 
like I said, this is going to be a very important matchup more for the 49ers because obviously their season could take an alternative ter- turn. They are now into their hardest stretch. Obviously, they lost to Seattle on a Monday night a few weeks ago, but the, starting to today, their next three games, they got to go to Baltimore, who's hot, and potential Super Bowl, potential Super Bowl matchup. And then they have they, they go to New Orleans to play the Saints. So, like I said, there's a lot on the line here for the 49ers. We're going to know a lot about this 49er team over the next month and if, and where they stand in, in, in conference situation. Like I said, Green Bay has played very well this year. Aaron Rodgers is having another Aaron Rodgers-type year. He has a better defense. Who's done very well this year? Obviously, you're you're right, but you're telling me to like say kills coming back. Also, Emmanuel Sanders both coming off of injuries, as you as you have said, and that should be a big that could be big boost for Garoppolo. And uh, the twenty I forgot his last name, number twenty two runs the ball along with Tevin Coleman. That should be a battle. Should be interesting. I forgot what the name, I think his name, I forgot what the guy's name, Matt Blanda or something, Blenda? Matt Breida. Matt Breida, all right, gotcha. Well, he's got your name, well, he's got your name, you should be happy about that. But, but, like I said, those two should run the ball very well. I mean, to me, Green Bay's run defense is questionable. When they play, last played on the left coast against the Chargers, they got ran all over the place. Absolutely run all over the place. So, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that the run defense could be exposed again if they, they decide to run it. But like I said, this should be a lower scoring game. Both defenses are tough. But I'm not going to try to look at the worst case scenario today. 49ers are at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 49ers here. I'm, I'm thinking that they they show up for this matchup because I don't know about these next couple of matchups, but I think they'll show up for this matchup. You know, Green Bay, like I said, they're, they're sometimes even though they're good, sometimes they can't be trusted. And I'm pretty much thinking that the 49ers will find a way to pull this off. So, 49ers win, and the final score, 27 to 23. All right, a big, big, big matchup. It's two franchises that nope, that everybody hates. Obviously, everybody hates and jealous and upset about all the time. We don't like we don't like neither team, but it's it's a bat it's a matchup. It's a matchup. It's a dream matchup. So you're looking at one side Brady and Belichick coming off a a questionable win against the Eagles where they just did not do well offensively, and Brady was very, very frustrated after the game. And obviously one of the best defenses in the league against a Dallas team that's coming off a big victory and have not beaten a team with a winning record. Now, a few things before you get to this matchup. The last time New England won a, lost a meaningful game in, this, in their house, September 2017. And this is one of five teams that Tom Brady has never lost to in his entire career, nearly two decades going. So, like I said, Dallas, even though they might be the more healthier team than the two, 
it's going to be really, really, this is a really tough spot for both teams. So this could, like the 49ers and Packers game, questionable. It could go either way. So go ahead with this matchup. Plus, weather's going to play a role. It's going to rain. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, um, Brady is 4-0 in his career versus the Cowboys. Um, the, the, the key matchup here is that the number one ranked offense in the NFL is the Cowboys, and the top defense in the NFL is the Patriots. Yeah, so we're looking at... Uh, Two, two, two units that have been pretty dominant this year. Um, 